I knew one day I was going to be on that stage. It just had to be with all the rest of the country singers and musicians. And I finally made it in 1956. So it's not hard for me to accept anyone's music if I really enjoy it. The country music is music with a lot of class and a lot of soul. And of course, it's just ordinary stories told by ordinary people, and sometimes in an extraordinary way. You're listening to Three Chords and the Truth, the ultimate podcast for country music fans. Hosted by Elijah and Anna Lale, we're digging up the stories behind America's biggest country music legends. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Three Chords and the Truth podcast. This is your host Elijah Lale, and I'm here with my wife Anna Lale. Hey guys! So today we're going to be reviewing Hardy's second solo album, The Mockingbird and the Crow, that just came out this past Friday on January 20th, 2023. The way that we'll be formatting this is we're going to go through each individual song on the album. There's 17 all together. We're going to break down what they mean to us, what we got from them, the lyrically, um, what stood out. And then we're going to talk about the negatives of the album as a whole, our thoughts on that. But then we're going to end on the positives. We want to end on a good note. And then pretty much by the end of the podcast, we're going to give it an overall ranking out of 10 and let us know what you guys think about it if you give it a listen. Elijah texted me on Friday morning and said, Hardy's new album just came out and we have got to talk about it. I think this is something really cool about this podcast that we can do. Obviously, we're still going to do our weekly biography of country artists, and those are going to come out on Thursday. But we decided just every once in a while when these noteworthy albums come out, do an album review every once in a while so that it won't be a regular thing. But there's just certain albums that come out that you can tell they're an instant classic. You can tell there's something different about this album that I'm going to remember where I was, where I listened to this the first time I heard it forever. It's kind of like, it reminds me of Eric Church's double album. When Heart and Soul came out, I remember the car ride. I remember listening to every single song, what I thought about it. It was just, it made such an impact on me. And I'm not even a huge, I love Eric Church, but I'm not like a huge fan. Elijah's a bigger fan than I am. But every once in a while, an artist just strikes gold, and this is just one of those times. It's just one of those times that you can tell the creativity was just spiraling. So we're super excited to review it today, and I think we should just get right into it. Yeah. So first, we'll start with just a very slight background on Hardy. He's been in the Nashville scene for the last few years. He has primarily been a writer, so he's written a ton of hits with Morgan Wallen, Ernest, ton of different artists that have kind of been around but he really 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 shines through on his solo stuff he's done a couple of compilation albums called the hicks tapes and he's had various artists from older country stars like john diffie as well as up to john party so there's a wide range on those two albums but where i think personally that he really shines through the best is with this solo album that came out a couple years ago and it was a self-titled album called hardy and there was a lot of good songs on that but I feel like the Mockingbird and the Crow has already blown that out of the water. And so, just like Anna said, we're going to dive into them here for just a second and get into each individual song. Like I mentioned before, the Mockingbird and the Crow is Hardy's second solo album, but technically this is a double album. 
So The Mockingbird, which is the first half of the album, every single song is spelled in lowercase, and that's the country side of the album. But through the Midway song, The Mockingbird and the Crow, that's when it transitions. And from that point, the album becomes much more of a hard rock, even with tones of heavy metal, even some punk rock, and still very, very, very country at its core. Lyrically. Lyrically. Yeah. And we'll let Anna start off with the very first song. So the very first song is called Beer. I just wasn't really expecting it to be from Beer's perspective. Like when I heard the first verse and then we got through the first chorus, I thought it was going to be a song about either friendship or at first I thought it was a love song. But then we got to the end of the chorus and I thought, oh, it's one of those good old country. It's just a classic country twist in perspective Mm -hmm. you don't and and it makes you it's like a good thriller movie where you get to the end and and it's like oh wait i gotta re-listen because i didn't even know who we were talking about i i've had i totally was misunderstanding so i actually did i i started the song over and i listened to it again knowing that it's from beer's perspective right and that's pretty much the exact same thing i did too when i first heard it because I mean, okay, a country song named Beer. Wow, that's that's unique. But, right. But just like she said, once you actually get to listen to it, and then you're like, oh, wait, this is from Beer's perspective. That's actually really cool. And I think that's one thing that Hardy does a very good job with in general, but especially in this album, is he he shows a lot of different perspectives. He shows a lot of different sides, different points of view throughout the album that really kind of make you sit back and think. I have more to say about this song, but I'm going to wait until we get to the song Jack later in the track list because the things that I have to say about this song are in contrast with the song Jack. Right. And so I don't want to get too ahead of myself with those things. So really, that kind of sums up everything I was going to say about beer so far. Okay. Well, I was just going to, Anna maybe going into this a little bit later, but pretty much from beer's perspective, beer is talking about how good of friends that he and Hardy have become talk about old high school memories as they grow older together how beer's always been there for him how he's had his back how he's been a buddy to him and it's a very positive lighthearted kind of song just talking about very country yeah very country focused and everything a couple of things on it um i thought one very cool line that hardy says is he's talking about how beer has heard him sing everything from hank to blink 182 and i just thought that was a pretty interesting interesting line there because Obviously, Hank Williams, Hank Williams Jr., they're all all the time talked about in country music. But Blink-182 is kind of a something that you don't normally hear. But I think that goes to show Hardy just coming more into his own person, especially as a songwriter, being a bit more comfortable with the fact that he loves metal music, he loves country, uh, country he loves punk rock. And so I think it's just a pretty cool comparison to kind of show he wasn't just raised on country. He also loves a lot of the punk rock from that era of, of music. The only negative I really have to say about the song is, yeah, it's a semi-cliched song, but like I said, I think the perspective is what saves it on it. But I feel like the production and the chorus can get a little bit messy. It almost feels like too much kind of at once coming in. So it's like hard Hmm. to kind of pick out. I could see that. Well, the next song is titled Red, and it's featuring Morgan Wallen. And first of all, I just love when Hardy and Morgan Wallen collaborate in any way. When they write together, when they sing together, when they do anything together, it's really great. Pretty much anything they touch together turns to gold. Right. Y'all are going to get sick of me saying this. Just just go ahead and get ready. I would talk about Taylor Swift a lot. 
So <laughs> this song, it reminded me of Maroon by Taylor Swift that just came out on her album Midnight's back in October. It's a very visual song, and I love how you can take a color and think of all think you you it's like you're looking at this scene you're looking and in this song in particular i'm picturing this small town and it's like it's almost like you make the picture black and white and just pick out all the things that are this color all the things that are red right and i actually made a list i mean it really it paints a picture you you can see it and i think it's really cool to unify everything with one color because ultimately the song is about being unified. Right. It's ultimately the song is about being Americans and being proud of where we're from. And so, and then also I, before I get into the list, I just wanted to say Thomas Rhett is a co-writer on the song. I thought that was hilarious because he's his like, father. Oh, it's oh, yeah. Red Atkins. Oh, okay, my bad. And and Red Atkins, by the way, he's a great songwriter. He's he writes a lot with John Party and a lot of other artists like that. Okay, well. Forget what I was going to say. Then, Thomas Red is also a great I was, writer. I was just going to say that he's so patriotic. He's got that other really patriotic song, but I'm sure his daddy's as patriotic as he is. So, <laughs> right. But okay, so here's here's the list. Sunsets, sunrises, sunburn from farming, being a redneck, team jerseys, red dirt slash dust, rust, hunting, and deer blood, courthouse bricks, uh, Budweiser cans with rust on it, Red letters in the book of John. I thought that was so... I love that. I love that I, so much, I, yeah. You know, that's... I feel like all everything else I've listed so far is kind of cliche, other than the deer blood. I think that's something I wasn't that's, expecting. Yeah. Um, that's something that Hardy definitely dives into. As we go on, you'll see. Yes. He's, he is not afraid to talk about... His hunting yeah, and his guns and, and his, everything yeah. else. <laughs> he is a redneck through and through. Uh, a barn door, an actual physical red heart, a flag a stop sign, a red solo cup, a bonfire. A, a, this one's a really clever one, too. Bank account that's in red. It's yeah, in negative from, from his girlfriend with the red lipstick and our actual blood. Right. Just like Anna said, the way that Hardy kind of paints a picture here, and if you've lived anywhere in the South and you're listening to this, then you can close your eyes and you can picture that town. Yeah. And I think it just goes to show that clever writing because, I mean, how many times have you yourself been driving around and thought, wow, there's a lot of red in this town. And you just kind of think about it and pick it all out or any other color for that matter. But whenever he describes it like that, it makes it so much easier to see. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of red. The third song on the album, Wait in the Truck, came out quite a few months ago featuring Lainey Wilson. And that song tells an, an incredible story. Mm-hmm. It talks about, basically the story is... It's basically a character that Hardy has wrote and written, but we'll just say Hardy for the sake of it. Hardy's driving and runs into this woman who's obviously been beaten, has obviously been uh, abused, and he picks her up, doesn't even really ask her any questions, just asks where he is. And so she tells him where the guy that's been beating her has been, and Hardy rolls up to the trailer, just simply tells her to wait in the truck, goes in, shoots the guy with the pistol that he pulled out from underneath his seat and then sits on the porch and lights a cigarette and waits for the cops to come. And then it ends with him in the jail cell and with Lanny Wilson's character coming to visit him. And basically asking God for 
have mercy. Yes, yes. I, I love that. I think that's such a important part of the song because. Um, yeah, because Laney's line is, "I don't know if he's an angel because angels don't do what he did," mm-hmm. and I think that is such an incredible line and paints that picture because it does put into a morally gray situation. Right. Because yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. How many people would pick up a poor beaten girl on the side of the road and say? I'm going to go kill the man that did that. Right. Not knowing her from Adam. Just don't know the situation, don't know the context, but... Knowing that he's a piece of crap and you just go handle it, it right then It seems like there. it kind of worked out in his favor other than going to prison. I mean, he, he's... I, I think she likes him now, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I love true crime. I, it wasn't until last night I was listening to this song, and, and like Elijah said, it's been out for a while. And I've this whole time I've just been like, oh yeah, that's the murder song. That's the story song. Con- Again, I, I think it's really neat how Hardy, on this first half of the album, you can look at every single song and you can see a country cliche on every mm-hmm. song. So for Beer, it was the perspective change. That's the cliche. For the song Red, it's the... Everything he's town. well, but everything he's. Ta- I'm talking about like, what what do you call it? like a writing style? I guess. Oh, okay. So like for the song Red, everything that he talks about is that same color. That's kind of another country cliche that we see a lot. Mm-hmm. With this song, it's the it's the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's the way I was thinking of it this whole time. Yeah, but and then, I'll add on to that real quick too, if you don't care. Um, Pretty much just exactly what Anna said. When it first came out, I think I listened to it once and didn't listen to it again for weeks because it stands alone in a way with its story. That after you already heard it that first time, it was like, wow, that was really mm, that's good. That's true, yeah. And I just didn't listen to it again until later I listened to it another time. It was like, God, that is such a good song. And then now I listen to it a lot more. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just... No, you're fine. Yeah, so until last night, I was actually I was listening to the Apple Music interview that Hardy did with uh, Tid today's country i think it was and he actually talked about just that this is something that actually happens domestic violence is very real and it happens every single day and so like i said i'm very guilty of of you know i i I don't know it's sick but like we kind of get this pleasure from hearing these stories because it's like ooh, like justice and you know it but and the revenge and right and i think we kind of get a little too focused on that and not talk enough about just the tragedy of domestic violence and i i think that i it, it completely changed the frame of the way i listened to the song once i started thinking about laney's part her perspective a little more i think i was mm-hmm. more heavily look, listening to his side of it like oh it's a murder song but it's really it's really a domestic violence song. It kind of reminds me of When the Thunder Rolls. That yeah. Garth Brooks song that was, it, it was a big deal when it came out and it had a whole music video that showed domestic violence. And that was, it was pretty controversial at the time. Just because people, I remember it being like the music video that people didn't right. much want to have the music video on CMT and have to watch right. that. And, yeah. and I mean, if you watch the music video for Wait in the Truck, it is gorgeously crafted, but it is violent. Right. And... Like Anna said, I mean, even even I grew up in a household that was victim of domestic abuse. And so listening to this song does have that connotation with me. I also just think that with the storytelling, it in particular, how Anna's going to talk about Taylor Swift a lot, you're going to hear me talk about Johnny Cash a ton. <laughs> um, 
It reminds me a lot of a Johnny Cash song. Johnny Cash has his fill of murder songs. Before he died, he had said, they released a compilation album because at one time he had said most of his music focused on God, love, and murder. Mm-hmm. And you see all three of those in this one song. Because you, you see, see all a, three of those in this album. But, all throughout the album, absolutely. Yeah. And this song particularly, because you see God whenever he's praying for God to have mercy on mm-hmm. him for killing that man. You see the love between possibly Hardy and Laney's character later on, but for sure the broken love that was between Laney and, and the, abuser. the abuser. Yeah, you see simply just the love of humanity that that was a total stranger mm-hmm. that Hardy was willing to defend. Right. And then obviously the murder. So. And I also thought it was kind of reminiscent of some real Haggard stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Well, one one line I wanted to talk about was how he sat on the porch smoking one of his cigarettes and just waited for the cops to come. What a power move. Oh, he, I love it. He smoked one of... I thought that was such a good line. And, and like you say, it's, it's just a very visual song, too. Exactly. And one of the lines I love so much is whenever Hardy says, So I kicked in his double-wide door. I let the hammer drop before he got to that 12 he was reaching for. He doesn't go into a ton of detail on the fact of, oh, okay, well, this is the kind of gun that I had. You know it's a revolver because of the way the hammer drops. He doesn't sit here and say, oh, he's reaching for his 12-gauge shotgun. You already picked that up because it's the 12 that he's reaching for. He doesn't have to sit here and explain what kind of a trailer it is because he kicked in his double-wide door. It's like Mm, he explains so much simply in the way that he words it he doesn't right. he doesn't have to lay it all out and give every single detail but the details that he paints you can see the picture as clear as day mm-hmm. yeah so. that's a good point so the next one is drink one for me so i had a theory about this song i thought maybe it's from the perspective of his, his friend that passed away he had a song on his i think it was his last album yeah give heaven some hell mm-hmm. i think that it could be from that friend's perspective yeah i thought about that also to be honest, I did not like this song. This was this was the first song where I was like, oh, that's a skip. I, I personally didn't like it. Yeah, and we have different opinions on it. It's Well, I think it's just, I know that other people won't agree with me on this, but I am not a huge fan of country songs that take pieces of Christian theology and just kind of get it pretty wrong. <laughs> Um, I th- I do believe I think Hardy is a believer, and Absolutely. You I can think see that, that all through his music. Yeah, and there's other songs where he definitely talks about God and um, and his faith, and he talks about you know just as I am, and I I can see, but I just think this is one of those songs where it's like I I personally don't think that we're gonna get to heaven and be worrying about well man if I could have had just one more beer I just I just don't really like that concept i just think that's and i also just think that it conflicts with there's other themes in the album where he talks about alcohol and i just think that conflicts with what else he says about alcohol because there's future lines where he literally says happy isn't in alcohol um in the song happy and so i got when i got to this song it kind of irritated me because i was like it's going against what you you're already saying and so yeah, I just I just didn't really like it, um, and I just I, you know I have loved ones who have passed away, and I just don't really find it comforting to think that they're looking down like man, just 
have one for me or, or have a nice party for me or we, you know I just I, I hope that they're having such a great time in heaven they are not worrying about what I'm doing you know they're definitely not worrying about, <laughs> about what we got going so, on down here so yeah it's just I, I find it to be a little inconsistent with the rest of the album and uh, it's just not my favorite but I'll let you say what you think yeah so I completely agree it's theologically not the most airtight song by any means but um where Anna's talking about how she thinks it's the piece that goes up there the friend that had passed away the heart he is singing about and give heaven some hell i don't i I agree with that to a point but i also think you can very much tell the song is being written from a guy here on earth who is writing about a guy who has died and that perspective of it because i completely agree i think once once you're dead and in heaven then we're not going to want to come back to earth but I think as Hardy is sitting here writing the song, he's kind of thinking about the people that he has around him, his friends that he has around him, the guys that he loves making memories with, and that whenever he dies, he's going to miss them, and that he wants them to have just one for him, not to forget about them, to always remember them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think there's it's definitely not my favorite, but I think perspective-wise, it's another good perspective of mm-hmm. being from a man who is in heaven who's saying, man, I, I miss my friends. I wish I could have just had one more beer with them if I'd have known that would have been my last one and I think even just that kind of tells the story that you never know when anything's going to be your last the last time you take your wife out on a date the last time you get to hold your girl the last time anything happens in this life you never know Mm -hmm. and how important it is to take every single moment to enjoy every every moment you get every morning that we wake up and yeah I do love I do love that and I love songs that say that I think there's other country songs that's another kind of writing cliche on mm-hmm. this song I think is is this moral of just enjoy the moment that you have because you never know when it's going to be your last so I, I do love that moral but and all of the little writing cliches that we're pointing out there is a big reason for that because Hardy points that out himself yes in a very very big way yeah we're gonna get to that so the fifth song on the album is called I and Country um, this song in particular didn't quite stand out to me the first time I heard it. I had to listen to it again to actually really pay attention to it. So I, it's a good song. It's basically what it's talking about is that everything that the character in the story, this country boy has worked for, is completely worthless without having his woman by his side. I think it's a beautiful song. It's something I certainly relate to. There's days Aww. where... Anna Magnolia might be gone just for a little bit. Magnolia's our daughter, by the way. They could just be gone for a little bit, gone to town, and if I'm here at the house by myself for 30 minutes, I'm like, dang, I miss them. That's mm-hmm. So there's no way I could build a life and not have Anna by my side. And that's ultimately what this song is focusing on. So I felt like the chorus is a slight bit cheesy because he says there's no I in country, but there is a Y-O-U, which is completely true. But it's almost just kind of like a, you know, Again, okay. country cliche yeah. of yeah, <laughs> so of writing style. But I thought the great line that he has is, "I know how to build a house on the hill, but what would that be worth if I come back home and swing alone on my little piece of earth?" I love that line. Yeah, I, wonderful. I, I love that too. I thought it was a super clever song and just a beautiful meaning. I really, I loved this song the first time. I, I think I'm going to add it probably to my playlist because I, I liked it that much. Um, it's a love song, but it's unique. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a 
I guess he's a YouTuber and a, a commentator on country music that we listen to a lot. His name is Grady Smith. and yeah, Please we, go check him out. We yeah. love him so much. Um, and I remember when he did, I think he did more like an artist review. And uh, at one point, I remember him saying that Hardy likes to... It's like his love language is putting things through a negative light. <laughs> right. And so, um, and on his previous album, I think the perfect example is a song called Hate Your Hometown. I love that song. And it's it's funny because it's a love song. But you would think when you start listening to it, it sounds like a breakup song. And so instead of saying, hey, I love you and I want you to stay here, I, I he says, I hate, <laughs> I hope you hate your hometown. And so I think that I think that he does the same thing on this album a couple times where things are he he loves like double negatives. Mm-hmm. And so this song I think is an example of that because um he the whole point of the song is he's talking about how everything that he does would kind of suck without her. <laughs> basically so um so he he doesn't want to do it alone and so instead of saying i love being with you he's saying i don't want to live life without you so it's just it's always kind of like putting that negative in there exactly and then one line that i loved was what's a name without a country girl to give it to (laughs) that was so cute i love that exactly so the next song which is the sixth song on the album is called screen and this is it's definitely one of my favorites on the album. I wouldn't say it's my absolute favorite, but lyrically, it is absolutely phenomenal. The whole song is basically talking about how we all live life on a screen way too much, whether it's our phones, mm-hmm. whether it's TVs, and how important it is to go out and see the sunrise for yourself, mm-hmm. not just through a screen. A kid could start playing baseball and could be in the hall of fame one day, but instead he'd rather just hit home runs on the screen. Mm-hmm. And Hardy pretty much says in the course, if you want to find me, I'll be sitting in my rocking chair looking through a front porch screen. Yeah. And so yeah. there's once a, again, that another imagery, writing cliche that, yeah, I love the imagery is incredible. That's something that Anna and I have worked very hard on these last few months is just trying to get away from screens as much because they take up a ton of our time when you pay attention to mm-hmm. it. Whether it's because you work on your screens at work, I'm sure, and then come home and on your screen on your phone and then you want to watch something. And so it's like we live in such a beautiful world and such a beautiful town, especially in this part of the North Carolina mountains. There's so much to enjoy. And that's really what Hardy is getting onto here. My only negative that I have on this song, and this is really the only negative, as I think the chorus sounds pretty similar to Give Heaven Some Hell, the song yeah. Anna was just talking about. Yeah. Because where I've kind of gotten this song in my head a little bit, or like I've been listening to it and got off the car or something, and it's still kind of playing in my head, I immediately just start going along with the lyrics of Give Heaven Some Hell because they just sound very similar. But other than that, like I said, I think, and also, I'm sorry, I forgot the very beginning of the song, I think that really just talks about how desensitized we are because we do see so much nowadays anywhere you look. But whenever you turn off your screens, whenever you step away from it. This is by far my favorite song on the album. It's it's phenomenal. And I think that it, the reason it's my favorite is because, I, I'm going to talk about this more later, but I can't relate to a lot of the songs on this album because it's just not made for me. It's just... 
the kind of person I am, the lifestyle I live. I don't live the hunting and fishing. The macho red, redneck. Yeah, no, it's just not me. And so I I can't relate to that, but this is one song I relate to so much. And like Elijah said, this year especially, we've really been trying to cut down our screen time and spend more time. It, this time of year, it's tough to get outside and do stuff. But um, I, I just really feel the line when he said, I need to heal. And I, I think that it's not just a, you know, this is something I can improve on. No, I, I really have found in myself that I, I really have a screen addiction. I have it, where it, it's like a need to be entertained all the time. Right. And I hate that. I really want to change that about myself. And so um, anytime that I can get outside and just see things that are real and experience things that are real, it, it's so grounding. And it really makes you realize these. this is the stuff that matters. This is life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time spent on a phone is not real life. It's not. We're not going to get to the end of our lives and say, I wish I would have scrolled on TikTok just a little longer. I wish I would you know, we're, we're never. And, and it's so hard because we can't escape it completely. Right. You, you, I mean, you can. I guess you can become a hermit and just go in the wood. But he says, living under a rock doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have felt that way. I think it's something that we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. I think it's something we're all suffering from right now. And it's not being talked about by celebrity songwriters artists right in entertainment because that's where they get their money from exactly like why would they so i really appreciate this song a lot and i'm gonna this is one i'm definitely gonna be listening to a lot because it it really inspires me the seventh song on the album is happy and once again very awesome writing perspective because he personifies happiness and he talks about happiness like a friend and that happiness he has a lot of really really good lines throughout it pretty much saying that happiness doesn't like big flashy jewelry doesn't like bitterness or cruelty and my favorite line from it is hardy sings my old friend where has he gone we were thick as thieves until hate came along what a mess we've gotten into this was another one of those songs that didn't quite stand out to me the first time i heard it and i also had to go back and give it another listen to before i could really come up with a an opinion or a conclusion on everything about it but i mean it's a good song because it's about chasing happiness and it also kind of goes back to screen of different ways that we can find happiness in the real world <laughs> and people around us. Sorry, I'm laughing because our cat has decided she wants to be part of the podcast. She's a co-host. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is another great example of just he's, I think that it's purposeful. He's using these country music writing cliches word plays that we see very often and happy is an example of that he loves personification he loves mm-hmm. personifying um it, it, he does it three times in this album um and so i think it's interesting he wrote this one alone and it shows just how good of a songwriter he is um and then i think it also is another good example of him showing his love language of double negatives right. <laughs> and so he's it, uh, most of the song is him saying what happy is not mm-hmm. and the, there's a there's a good little bit that he's talking about what happy is but the majority is what it's not and like i said before i just i just really love it because i think it's very clever and very creative yeah so the eighth song on the album is called here lies country music and it is a gorgeous song sonically i mean there's a ton of steel in it 
it's just a really 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 pretty song whenever you listen to it and basically what this song describes is a world that i absolutely never want to live in <laughs> there's no way at all because hardy is singing about a world where country music has died by the end of the song he wakes up from the dream of country music being dead and he's thanking god that he doesn't ever have to live that life mm-hmm. and i think it's really fun because you kind of can see that hardy is he's proud of what he does and i think once again that double negative this is a way of showing that because mm-hmm. he's not going to let country music die as long as he's alive he's as long killing as he's the thing songs. he loves to show his love for it you yeah, know? yeah exactly and yeah. so i think my favorite line on it honestly is probably just just the chorus of it where he says yeah the thing about all good things is they all come to an end so here lies country music rest easy my old friend yeah, but then it has another just classic country twist at the end of it. I promise I'm going to stop talking about these country cliches. I just, as a songwriter myself, I just I couldn't help but catch them because, like I said, I think they're purposeful. And once again, she's mentioning those because the next song is where it comes to a head with the yeah. cliches. Well, and the song radio song too, I think, really. But, um, but anyway, I think that... It's just a simple song, and I think it could be the theme song of our podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just another example of him just... I love how he's using country music cliches with a really fresh flavor. So it's it's like he's using this classic country writing style, but there's these modern flavors to it. And so I think that a big, big theme of this album is... He is a traditionalist at his heart, but he's also a rebel. Mm-hmm. That's the mockingbird and the crow. Exactly. He's, he's a traditionalist and he's a rebel. So this song shows he is writing with this traditionalist style, but there's these like modern flavors to it. But he's rebelling against the modern system. Right. And so I don't want to get too deep because I know this next song is yeah. it's all about, about that. So the next song is the title track. The Mockingbird and the Crow, with the Mockingbird being lowercase, and being the symbol of and, and then the crow being capitalized. This isn't just one of the best songs on the album. This is honestly probably one of the best songs I've ever heard in my entire life, period. It's so good. It's so the writing good. is phenomenal, <laughs> and just like we hinted at earlier, directly in the middle of this song is where the entire album transitions into a hard rock, right. heavy metal, punk rock, with country all throughout it. It also changes. It goes from major key to minor. So it it's like That's it goes the music from, major in her. <laughs> it's like you've got the these like cl- again classic and and I didn't actually look up like the music. So I don't I could be wrong, but just from listening to it, that's what I thought that it it's like major country chords, major chords, and then it goes into these like much darker, heavier sounds. It's so good. I get goosebumps every time. And pretty much what the song is about is that Hardy is a quote unquote mockingbird. That mm-hmm. he has grown up this simple southern life. The songs that he sings about, they're not lies. Then he also says, pretty much whenever the song transitions is, he says that he's a mockingbird with a microphone. And then it all kind of tones down for a second. And then like Anna said, that's when the music gets darker. Mm-hmm. And that's when the drums pick up. And then he starts screaming. And it's, <laughs> I mean, like it makes, that song makes me feel like I could walk up to somebody who's about seven foot tall, 450 pounds. And that I could win that fight. God knows I would not win that fight, but this song gets me so hyped up in that moment. I can knock that dude you could, out. You could go into the ring with 
uh, let, let me see Conor McGregor Conor right McGregor, now, yeah. <laughs> and I could take him. Like no question. Like it, it wouldn't even be wouldn't even be a competition. It, I mean, it fires me up too. It's it's just I, it makes me want to. It makes me think of all the people situations where I didn't say what I wanted to say, and it makes me want to go back in those and like Let's no no let, let me add them. Let me say what I really wanted to say. And what's very very clever in the writing is because once again the song starts off with him talking about the kind of cliched simple lifestyle that he may have lived but then he's also with the crow and so it flips quite literally and starts talking about the negatives of being an artist being in nashville being this big star that's rising up in country music right now and basically on that he's saying that he's not just going to lie down and be another another country artist because there are a lot of country artists who have been mockingbirds so to say and he's Mm -hmm. saying yeah there's a lot like me who have lived this style and we're singing about what we know but that's not all I am. Mm-hmm. Once again, harping back to the beginning of the album in the song Beer, where he talks about listening to Hank and Blink-182. You saying that, it just made me think how cohesive this album is with having so many different genres. Mm-hmm. It's like, that that just, to pull that off is incredible. That That is such, that is what makes this album noteworthy and, like I said, an instant classic in my opinion. Yeah, because it works. It's not, like you hear... Once again, we said we're very traditional when it comes to country music, and so we don't like pop country. I don't think it blends good. It's just pop with a southern accent. But this album transcends anything like that because it works. It works right. combining these two genres. It works right. lyrically, musically, and Hardy makes it work. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we're talking about it, it kind of reminds me of Kelsey Ballerini. I'm not a huge Kelsey Ballerini fan, but she had an album called Kelsey and then there was a second part of the album called Ballerini and she she, the first part of the album was more pop country and then the Ballerini side of the album was acoustic so same songs but acoustic and then there was a song LA where she's basically telling this inner conflict she's having where she is getting introduced to these people that are like LA people but she's also got these Nashville roots, and she's she's having this inner turmoil of which one to go for. And so um, I really love that artists are being open about this. And mm-hmm. instead of just abandoning the entire genre, they're trying to experiment and make this new thing without abandoning the tradition, without yeah. abandoning what makes country music special. And that's what I appreciate about it, because Hardy doesn't leave country music in the dust one bit. Right. It's he, yeah once again, still wears that on his sleeve. Right. But also taking a step with a very, very, very new direction and the way this album changes. So the next song, can I I start by talking about the song Sold Out? I will never forget the night that we listened to this song for the first time. Never. We were driving and we were on a long drive and I just, I just went to what had just came out. I was, I, it wasn't even like, oh, Hardy came out with a new song. I just looked at the charts and I said, oh, there's this new Hardy song and it looks like a hard rock cover and like, let's listen to it. We turned it on and we were just looking at each other and just like getting so fired up. This song is, I cannot imagine what it would be like live. It would I'd be, be a mosh pit. It would, <laughs> and unashamedly, I would once again, the scrawny little fellow that I am, go into a mosh pit and probably get knocked out and be completely fine with it. <laughs> I, I mean, but but then, he's such a poet. He's got these double entendre wording where he says, I'm still not, I, 
wall to wall, but I still ain't sold out. Right. I, I'm not sold out to the radio and to the money and to the business suits. He's he is still that Mississippi yeah. boy. That his concert may be sold out because it's wall to wall. Right. Exactly. But he ain't sold out. Yes. Yes. And that's yeah, what's so, and like just like she said. I mean. It came out of nowhere. Track 11 is a song called Jack. So, like, this is the song that I wanted to say. I have have more to say about the song Beer. I think that you have to compare the two songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jack, it, it's from, again, it's it's personifying Jack Daniels. Um, and the comparison of beer. Okay, you've got beer that's a lower alcohol content. It's more of a social drink. But then you've got Jack Daniels that's the hard stuff. And it's very high alcohol content, known for making people do crazy stuff. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it just, it, I think it really shows the progression of someone who becomes an alcoholic. Because it goes from, you've got somebody, it's just a social thing, it's just, yeah, you know. Drinking with his buddies. Drinking with his buddies. And on the nights and on the know, weekends. He's 17, he's, you know. But then you get to this side of the album where it, alcohol really shows its ugly face and he's losing friends he's losing family he's losing his life and but but jack keeps saying and i I love their voices sound very different Mm when beer he says hey man and he's like talking like i said it sounded like he was talking to a friend yeah just a good old friend but in this song it starts off with hey kid yeah and I, i think that really shows the voice I can just, I can, if, if Jack Daniels was a person, I can picture what he looks like at the bar looking at this 17 year old yeah. kid or, or 21 year old kid or whatever that's standing at the bar. And he's like, Hey kid, I'll, I'll do this and this and this for you. This sleazy and like, yeah. Cause Jack is making all these promises. Right. He says, I'll put the party in your life, boy. You know, I can. Have you ever wanted to feel like Superman? Again, the boy mm-hmm. belittling him and making him, you know, I'm smarter. I'm I'm more experienced than you, and I can do all these things for you. And then he says in the chorus, I can fix your problems. I always got your back. I can make you famous. By the way, my name is, and you don't hear the name until the very end. Obviously, it's Jack. And so that's kind of, once again, the twist on the song mm-hmm. is because the way it's personified, you're thinking, oh, wow, this is something crazy dude that's trying to get him in a lot of trouble and you're like oh no it's jack daniels mm-hmm. so yeah. like i said just like it anna was saying how it shows the the harder liquor compared to the lighter beers with friends and how jack is prompt making all these promises and is saying don't listen to your mama i'm not the devil mm-hmm. also breaking up families breaking up a lot of things in life because of whiskey yeah, and what yeah. how it can get a grip onto you and i think that he shows that so 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 well yeah as well as with the next song track number 12 truck bed um so i love the little um so the whistle yeah the okay yes the the little beep 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 beep, 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 beep. i love that <laughs> song that's probably my favorite song of the song but I hate how this song sounds exactly like Boots. I thought the same thing. And because he, on his last album, he has a song called Boots. And it's the same concept, too. It's right. the same. And so that really bugged me. I felt like it was a, a little lazy. But 
it's I mean it's it's a good song. It's well made, but if I hadn't heard if I'd never heard Boots, I'd love it. Yeah, I'd think of it a different of a different way. But I, I like Boots a little more. Yeah, and that's kinda of how I feel too. It's certainly not my favorite. It's it's kind of a fun little song to listen to, but it once again deals with darker issues about basically that he tells his girl that he's gonna go out to the bar and she says, No, if you go out to the bar, you're not I'm not letting you back in. So he says, Fine then and just goes and gets drunk out in the yard tries to get back into his house, and she's locked him out. And he says, well, I guess I don't live here anymore. Mm-hmm. So once again, like I said, Jack and Truck, they kind of go hand in hand because he was dr- pouring that bottle of Jack that he had been drinking on. Right, and he's losing his Losing his wife ones. or his girlfriend, whomever it is. Yeah. And she's not letting him back inside, and he doesn't care. He, you know, it's like yeah, such a the, nonchalant the kind of a... apathy of, uh, yeah. Because he's still got this quote-unquote friend and Jack, and that's gonna promise him all the things so track number 13 and i don't even 30 30 is that what you yeah 30 06 um which is obviously a gun and i absolutely love this song once again instrumentally musically it will get you fired up it is such a fun song to listen to and basically what it's talking about is the girl his wife girlfriend whomever leaving and this song in particular i'm sorry while she is left and she took his 30-06 but he doesn't care because what's one less 30-06 to a redneck he's got plenty of them talks about pulling one out from under his bed talks about different places that he has them hidden and the gun safe and that he's still gonna have his guns doesn't matter if she takes one or not Mm -hmm. um musically it has very, very much of like a late 90s, early 2000s punk rock influence. Mm-hmm. I think it's a yeah. really cool thing to listen to on that. Yeah. And then just a few little things, uh, kind of notes I had on it. I like that he references Joe Nemechek, who was an older NASCAR driver from back in the day. I didn't know who that was. Yeah, yeah okay. So I thought that was really cool. Just like, I mean, <laughs> you, how are you, you going to... You would know who that is. <laughs> how are you going to put... How are you going to rhyme Joe Nemechek in a song? But he figures it out. Yeah. And then another really cool part is pretty much just how he talks about his love for hunting ultimately and that he doesn't really care that she's gone doesn't really care she's still a gun because he's got more guns and he's still going to go out and hunt regardless that's that's why i i said it reminds me of the song i'm gonna miss her by brad paisley because it's kind of the same idea like well i still got fishing so Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah this song made me laugh i this is another song that i'm not a hunt i'm not a hunter i'm not a outdoorsman so i i don't I, I don't really relate to this song very much but um but i can still appreciate it i i think it's well written but it's mm-hmm. just not for me track 14 is my personal favorite on the album as of right now give me about two months and that could change but the song is called i ain't in the country no more that song gives me goosebumps the way it starts off because you hear police sirens I don't even know exactly which instrument it, it is that comes in. It sounds in. like a Metallica song to me. Yeah. It starts off with the police sirens, with the instruments very slowly starting to come in, and then in classic Hardy fashion, he paints an entire story, an entire picture that you could see with your eyes closed just by listening to it. Right. That he has left his hometown, he went to go live in the city, and all the terrible things in the city. With the noise, the crime, he talks about seeing a homeless man on the street and giving him some money and he walks back by and the homeless guy's bought a 40 and he says i've never been had like that before and 
just kind of the atmosphere in the song because during different parts of the song you can hear kind of city sounds and just good hard rock influences and everything like that yeah musically i just thought it was so i mean his voice he really shows out in this song like the the o part i mean i i thought it'd be really fun to sing because it's just he just goes all over the place exactly and one of my favorite lines on i know that anna has one too but one of my favorite lines is spread the word about the nowhere place that makes the world go round i love that so much because he's showing that this character here yeah he left his hometown was gonna go out and try something new but then he sees how bad city life is and if you know anything about me and anna if somebody were to buy us a multi-million dollar condo in the city we probably ain't going to take that over a house with some land being out in the country because I mean, just all the things that he talks about in the song and that he is proud to be a martyr for the country way of life and make sure that what's going on in the city does not spread to the outskirts and out mm-hmm. to the country. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I said. I said, don't spread the word because it's gotten spread enough, yeah. uh, especially where we live. We, we're we pretty tired of the city life coming and infiltrating our country way of life. Yeah, we're, <laughs> uh, we're watching Yellowstone, so we... <laughs> but, um, yeah, that for me, the line that, that got me was... Said goodbye to mom and pops, church parking lots, roadblocks, and potholes. I just think that's yeah, such a, a good wordplay. But um, I, I think aesthetically, this title looks really good on this side of the album because it just says "I ain't in country no more," mm-hmm. and so I, I just love that because it, it just it just fits on this side of the album. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna add this to my running playlist because it's. Oh, yeah. I've it, already listened to it like ten times. When he goes go I was like, <laughs> okay i'll go <laughs> this is one that pretty much makes me want to have my car at 100 miles an hour on it not doing that but i'm just saying that's yeah, just how it that's how it makes you feel that. that's how it gets you fired up <laughs> um i think this next song is probably my other favorite it's called radio song and i laughed so hard when i heard the song i i thought it was hilarious um it's so clever and it absolutely tells everything you need to know about nashville right now and the formula we were just talking about in the last episode um he and and again i think i believe that he's switching from this major key to this minor key so in in the chorus you've got this like major key very basic country chords very basic country lyrics it's a florida georgia line i mean song and then (laughs) and then the these verses are like they're brutal. They're just metal. And I don't... I don't uh, honestly, this song... Scare, metal scares me a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I, like, after listening to this song, I just felt a little, like, spooked. And metal but, doesn't scare me. I listen to metal quite a bit. <laughs> it freaks me out a little bit. But, um, but yeah, don't let your kids listen to this one either. But it's, it's probably a... I listened to... And also on that Apple... Um, it was the Apple Music interview that he did. I thought it was funny because the interviewer asked him about this song and he started laughing and she's like why are you laughing and he was like it's just crazy that this song is out in the world <laughs> he was like he said something like we've had it for a year and i just i i can't believe i have to talk about it now it's out in the world and it's not just my little joke anymore like it's because yeah, it completely goes against the grain of everything absolutely. that mainstream yeah. nashville goes for well yeah and, and i think you listened to a podcast of 
with him and Ernest, and yeah. he talked about how it's pretty crazy that his label even really allowed him to. Yeah, that's say the thing is, is their label, Big Loud, is honestly phenomenal. If you listen to any of the artists on there, they really give their artists a lot of freedom, and obviously a lot of freedom to even release a song like this. And I mean, it starts off with "There's got to be a truck, there's got to be a girl, she's got to be hot, and you got to rhyme that crap with world, and it can't be too fake." But it can't be too real. Gotta make them tap their feet or I'll lose my record deal. And then it goes on talking about writing with some other artists and how it's just extremely basic. Just, you turn on the radio anytime, that's what you're gonna hear. Mm-hmm, right. But then once again, that heavy metal comes in and you have featured on here the lead singer of A Day to Remember, Jeremy McKinnon. So his voice with Hardy's on this is so good. And the way that Jeremy comes into the song, just screaming and... It is so heavy whenever he comes onto it, and it's the most metal for sure with him on it. But I think it's an extremely clever song, and in pretty much the chorus is, "This ain't no radio song," and that's true. That will never be a song that you'll ever hear on the radio. Right. That will be a, always be a deep cut song that hopefully a lot of people like, like we do. But you know, guess we'll find out. That's another one that live would just be. I, I'd love to just see a video of him playing it live. I think just the Hardy show now is going to be so different than what <laughs> anybody knows. Yeah. Um, so track 16 is Kill Blank Till I Die. Um, so I, <laughs> the first thing, first thing I wrote down was, is there a clean version of this album? Probably not. <laughs> no. Definitely not. I don't not. think there's not. Um, but, and then the other thing I said was, this man loves to hunt. He is, oh, he is a hunter. And yeah, I mean, it's just another example of, I, I can appreciate the songwriting. I can appreciate what he's saying, but I don't relate to it. It's just, it's just not for me. And so it, I mean, it's literally a song about guns. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and yeah, I think it's extremely clever songwriting. I don't hunt. I've, I've been hunting a few times. I mostly fish. But I still very much relate to the overall theme of the song. You know, once again, a very just bold title of a song mm-hmm. for a country artist. I think it's a bold concept, too, because it's, it basically... It paints the picture of killing deer, hunting, and Well, and everything not just else. that, but, and, like, talking about... I mean, this is, a, this is a philosophy and a way of life that I grew up with where it's always, well, things could get really bad, and when there's a bomb going up in the sky... That deer could be your last one. That mm-hmm. could be the last one you've got in the freezer. What's the, what's the word for the people that... Um, Doomsdayers. Yeah, do, <laughs> exactly. People that just kind of expected to come. This but, is their theme song. Yeah, but that's what he talks about, is that he, he tells a story about his dad buying him his first gun and teaching him to hunt. As long as he has that gun and he knows how to hunt, he'll never be hungry. He'll never have to go without. Even whenever the Walmart shuts down, whenever the bomb goes off in the sky, he's got the skills and he has what it takes to be able to survive mm-hmm. because... He knows exactly. Yeah, supply for his family. Yeah. And talks about how his dad taught him how to shoot, you know, made sure to say that, you know, daddy said, son, this ain't no toy. But, yeah. That he has his blood blood tick hound helping him out. And they're going to go out and they're going to hunt and they're going to kill stuff till he dies, basically. And he says, um, I think probably my favorite line is, when the Walmarts hit the fan, so corn up all your feeders, show up before the sun, and son, when you fill that freezer, Go get you another one, because it's just like, doesn't matter if you've got a lot of deer that you've already killed. Go get you another freezer. Then don't waste that meat. Don't toss it out. Don't 
because you never know. So the last song on here is song number 17, and it's called The Redneck Song. And basically, it's where Hardy kind of ties it all together yeah. with a nice ribbon on the end of it. To, and this one is a lot more slower with it being on the heavier side of the album. Mm-hmm. But once again, like I said, it's kind of like the bow on top. It, it really kind of ties everything in there. Cherry on top. Right. Yeah. I just think it's a redneck anthem. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, this is one. Like his song with Morgan Wallen, Rednecker. This right. would be one that... It, they can go in the same category. I didn't know the word podunk. I, I've heard that on every other country songs. I've never heard anyone say it in real life. Small, small town. Yeah. I, I, so... When I was listening to the song, I was like, I need to look up what that is because I've never, I've, I've never heard it in concert conversation. But um, I think it's really funny that he says it flies, it dies. Because yeah. <laughs> we actually, I worked at a Christmas store and we had an ornament that said, if it flies, it dies. Amen, brother. <laughs> and like, Anna hates birds, so she really takes that to heart. I take that one to her heart for sure. But what, I'm still working on that, so. What does mix it with a trickle of dickle or two? I'm not too sure. Well, I don't know what dickle is. Let's look it up real quick. Oh, it's whiskey. Mix it with a trickle of dickle or two. So, whiskey or two. Oh, because he's talking about Mountain Dew. I Which see. is slang for moonshine. No, it says bottle of dew. I think that's Mountain Dew. Yeah, but like Mountain Dew itself is a slang for moonshine. That's how Mountain Dew the soda got its name. Right, but I think in this line he's saying a bottle of dew, mix it with a trickle of dickle or two. And when the Mountain Dew and the dickle's all gone. Right. Yeah. Because it's an anthem. Exactly. And to you, I might never not be just a stereotype, but the redneck life is the only life for me. Sure, I might be a stereotype, but this is who I am, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, so I think that brings us to the end, and I think it's time for us to list our negatives on Mm -hmm. the album. Yeah, we want to end on the positives. Right, yeah. So my negatives were that um, there's just a few basic songs that I just feel neutral about. I just that they were nice as I listened to the album all the way through, but I probably won't revisit them. Um, but really the only song I straight up didn't like was Drink One For Me. Drink One For Me, yes. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, so so overall I think I, I liked probably 75% of the album. Yeah. Um, and I, I can appreciate the writing all the way through. So I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm not... I'm getting into the positives. But this isn't even really a negative against Hardy. It's just, I I kept saying it, I just don't really relate to a lot of this album. So I just don't think it's meant for me. I just don't think it's, um, so that's that's nothing against him. It's nothing against the album. It's it's just not something I'm going to put on while I'm riding in the car. Um, But I, I do wish that we had more female country artists now that are writing with this much rebellion you know this much yes like i i definitely would jam out to something like this but if it had more of a female perspective i think i would enjoy it a little more which i think ashley mcbride could do because yes. she has got the voice she's oh got my the gosh talent, she's that would got be the writing. perfect yes. it wouldn't be just the basic before he cheats by carrie underwood no, we're no. talking about some good deep no strong. like yeah not just like a cheating song i'm talking about like female rage like yeah. <laughs> like 
and I would love to see this double album type of concept with one with one of these rising female artists like Haley Witters is one I mean she I don't see her doing a metal album but no, she's one um, too. <laughs> but I just I, I know that the artists are there they just haven't done something like this yet and I'd love to see it and I think it's becoming it's going to become more common with I'm sure Eric Church doing it and Morgan Wallen did that super long album so yeah, I, I think Zach we'll Bryan. see more of it yeah um pretty much my only negatives were i Felt like some of the songs did have kind of the same sound or lyrical setup as previous songs from his other albums, and that some of the country songs did sound just a bit too basic at times, mm-hmm. and which that was a big part of kind of what he was going for. And he, on the positive, I think what he did with it being a double album, with the first half being country, the second half being much more metal and hard rock focused, is just incredible i think it's very experimental but once again it works because hardy made sure that it worked he he you can tell that he put every ounce of thought into this that he could to make sure that it sounded as good as it did that lyrically it works out well it it weaves together such a cool concept and story Mm -hmm. that you don't hear that often in any genre in any music a lot of them they might just be throwing someone together or this and that but he purposefully went through, picked each individual song. Mm-hmm. You can very tell. very concise. It is, yeah, just very, very well thought out. Um, another thing that I love about it is it's evident that it's just a blend of the music that he grew up with. I like a lot of the song perspectives. I think they're very unique, like singing about it from Beer's point of view, personifying Jack, personifying happiness. Drink One for Me with it being a guy that's already passed away and has gone on to heaven. I think just the perspectives of a lot of them are very unique and great. I love that his writing is very detailed and that his stories really do paint a picture that you could close your eyes and really about any of these songs and you are going to see exactly what he wants you to see mm-hmm. because of how well he describes it. And I think that the title song was absolutely perfect because you see a lot of albums mm-hmm. where it might just be like, oh, okay, that's a cool song on it, but you know, it's just the one song. But that song has such a purpose as being the transition Mm -hmm. both the way that it's um typed out on your screen the way that the song is written the way that the musical Mm -hmm. just changes happen that it was so purposeful in it that i mean it, it ties together the album and showcases the album perfectly he said in that interview that he was just on his boat it was really accidental he was just on his boat and he saw a crow and a mockingbird fighting with each other which apparently is oh, kind really? of common and so i think that is it's just genius to to take these two birds and show their, their difference it reminds me of cody jinx too yeah. um and and i meant to say this like it's kind of a jekyll and hyde kind of thing where you mm. have the you know, one person in the day and the one other person at night. And the, yeah. I just I love that. And like Cody Jinx is which one I feed. Yes, yes. Uh, which one? Yeah, and I think you see that here with Hardy. It's which one is he going to give into? Is mm-hmm. he going to keep being the mockingbird that makes these country songs? And he's been this songwriter in Nashville. Is he going to keep profiting from that? Or is he going to do the, more of the risk of being the crow and, mm-hmm. and going out and doing making metal albums or whatever he's gonna i'm so interested what he's gonna do next what what is it gonna be after this is he gonna stick with country or is he gonna and so yeah it's that inner battle but um i think it's the perfect album for me and you to listen to together because um it it has the perfect mix of because i mean you 
you enjoy a little more metal and rock than I do. I'm a, rock to me is middle ground. I'm fine with rock, but heavy rock and metal is where I kind of draw the line. But I think this album, I'm I enjoy all of it, and so I think it's a perfect album for me and you to enjoy together. Because yeah. so yeah, date night when we don't have babies in the car, we can <laughs> <laughs> we can listen to it. But um, yeah, songwriting is so well done. He is he. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I really think that he's one of the best songwriters in Nashville right now. Absolutely, I, I think that he's just got he's just got something special and i think that we're gonna be talking about him for a very long time yeah. i think he's he, he will be he already pretty much is a household name if you even listen to country and we will talk about him in the same breath that we talk about willie nelson dolly yeah. Parton, a lot of artists like that i really hope this album wins awards um it deserves awards. it deserves awards for sure i, I just am afraid that He's so open about the industry. I'm not sure that it's going to get recognition in, yeah. at award shows. Because anybody that listens to any kind of country music knows how tight knit Nashville is. Mm-hmm. They won't talk about Zach Bryan, who has done. He finished second on the Spotify all time plays, only behind Morgan Wallen for the entire year in country music. They will not talk about Zach Bryan. They will not talk about Cody Jinks, Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, all these artists that have done you won't see him at the cma fest yeah well they won't bring him up because they don't follow the nashville theme and so i think it's interesting that hardy and being a part of nashville but recognizes that and decides to basically just be like a bull in a china shop and mm-hmm. but it's interesting in. because the artists that all the ones that you mentioned are all new to the scene within the last 10 years so but you take Hardy, he's been in the Nashville scene. He's He's been doing this. So they can't just blacklist him mm-hmm. the way they've done these other ones because he's already been to these award shows. He's yeah. already How many hits have he, has he written? How, how much money exactly. has he made the town? So how I, much? I think it's really interesting. I'm, I'm very interested to see what country music as an industry does with this album. Are, are they going to promote it? Are they going to... Um, treat it like it needs to be treated. Right. And I um, think this will be an album that Nashville itself is, um, you know, when it comes to the award shows, they're not going to talk about it. But I think culturally, I already oh, know definitely. it's doing very good. And yeah. I know that it will continue to do very good. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it just, I said this before, but I, I just love how it's the the fight between his traditionalist. He, I, I put this, I, I said this at one point. He is a white sheep in his hometown. He is a white sheep when it comes to 1950s country, you know, or even like 1980s country. But he is a black sheep in a 2023 Nashville, you know? So it's like, it's, it's not like he's this black sheep through and through. He's a white sheep when you're putting him in the category with the classics, but he, well, I guess you could say he's kind of a black sheep with them too, because they sure didn't use the f word. But, um, <laughs> I just, I, I just think it's interesting how he's really rebelling against modern times, which is the opposite of what you usually see with rebellion. Usually, rebellion is you're rebelling against tradition, but mm-hmm. he is rebelling against progress, progress, and going back to tradition. So it's, it's just really interesting to me. Um, 
So I think that's I think that's everything I've got. Well, overall, out of ten, I give it a nine out of ten. Um, I think it's a phenomenal album. Aside from just the few little negatives that I had, that's kind of what brings it down to a nine. And I tend to be kind of a harsh critic, so a nine is a very very high score. There, very 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 rarely will I ever give an album a ten. And I definitely think that even though it's been a few days, but all the songs that he had released before the album came out, I listened to a ton. I've already listened to this album a ton. He did a good job with single releases this time. Yeah, and I think that I already know here on January 21st that this album will be in contention for my album of the year come the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Um, like I said, I mean, it's just not meant for me, and it's just not... I don't, I don't see myself sitting down and listening to it a whole lot. So I gave it 7.5 out of 10. That's right. I get yeah. that. I, get I, it. I think it would have been 8 out of 10, but I just took that little half off because I don't see myself. Li- I, I think that there's other albums that are going to come out this year that I'm going to be more excited about and are going to be a bigger deal to me. So Dolly Parton apparently has something going to be released this year. That's what she said on my Spotify rap. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I think it's a great album. I think you did a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that pretty much wraps up our that album sums review. Sums it up, yeah. For Hardy's The Mockingbird and The Crow. So thank you guys for tuning into the first album review. Let us know how you like it, if there's some things you can change. I know we should probably make them a little bit shorter. So if you made it all the way to the end, then thank you for being a champ. <laughs> but we're going to, like Anna said, this won't be a super, super often thing. Just kind of as bigger albums or stuff that we really like comes out, we'll review it. Yeah. But, but this Thursday we've got Ernest Tubb coming out. Talk to you soon. Yeah. It'll just be a few days. So Thank you, guys. <laughs>